Welcome and thank you for joining Save Our Sisters Unplugged. In this episode, I sat down with a very brave survivor who is sharing her story with the intent to help others. It contains details of suicide, which may be emotionally challenging and triggering for some listeners. I strongly advise this to be listened to by mature audiences only. Whenever you're feeling ready and able, we hope you'll join us. Please take care of yourself and don't hesitate to ask for help if you need it. Here's our conversation. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Save Our Sisters Unplugged podcast. Today, I am joined with a very special guest. She is a dedicated mother and real estate advisor who helps impacted families transition to assisted living or in-home health care options. Here to discuss how her relationship with her mother has helped her go from struggle to strength, it is my pleasure to welcome Ms. Shante Eran. Welcome, girly. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here, nervous and excited at the same time. Oh, no need to be <laughs> nervous at all. This is going to be painless, just two girlfriends talking. So when we spoke in our sis chat, you told me that the relationship between yourself and your mother was a little different. And I know that relationships between a mother and a daughter is unlike any other. It could be complex, extremely powerful, strong. It could be challenging and it could also be very rewarding, you know? So in your situation, seems like it falls into the challenging category. Correct. To say um, the least. To say the least, yes. <laughs> yeah. So tell us about your relationship growing up as a girl with your mother. What makes it challenging? So uh, my dad died when I was seven. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And she was a large part of the cause of that. And um, she did the best that she could with the knowledge that she had. And, you know, I appreciate the fact that she kept me alive and she fed me. And she always made sure that I was not around um, too many of the wrong people. Mm -hmm. And so I appreciate that. And I appreciate that she brought me into this world. Um, aside from that, I no longer have a relationship with her. She was very abusive, uh, mentally, emotionally, uh, sexually, and um, not, not so much physically, but you know, she, like I said, she did the best that she could with what she knew. And, you know, when you grow up on the streets of Panama and in an orphanage, you know, who's there to teach you how to be a real parent. And, um, I, I cut all communication off with her. Um, I would say, geez, it's, it's been maybe 2007, 2008, I think was the last time I spoke with her. Mm -hmm. So growing up as a young girl, she kept you alive. She did all the things that a mother should do, but it doesn't she's, sound like she poured into you. No, not at all. Uh, she's a narcissistic woman. And anyone who knows what type that is, it is about them. It's about what they're going through. It's about what they're feeling, you know, what they need. And it's not about anyone else. And mm -hmm. so um, you know, she was really good to me in front of other people. Uh, when it was just her and I, though, it was more of, you know, here, sit in front of the TV and watch it unless I need something from you kind of thing. Oh, it was always a burden to her. And, you know, I, 
for a long time, I believed that I needed to earn her love. I needed to, you know, um, feel worthy of being able to have a mother. And, you know, unfortunately, that's just not the way that works with someone who's narcissistic. And it's very sad because, you know, she could have been a really pretty person. Yeah. And, you know, she, for story's sake, um, in 2007 or 2008, whatever year it was that I cut communication with her, uh, the reason that I cut communication with her was because um, among other things in my life that were very stressful at that time and exhaustion and other things that had taken, you know, different turns in life, she told me that I should just kill myself, that the world would be a better place if I wasn't here, that nobody wanted me here. And at that time, I was so broken that I believed her. And so I did. Why was she and, say that? Uh, because my husband and I wouldn't give her money. We had um, a small chain of adult care homes and she wanted a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And because we had a business, you know, when you have a very poor mindset, you think that business owners always have money. Yeah. And she believed we had, you know, just money that was accessible at any point in time that we wanted. But you have assets that are tied up and you have it invested. And so it's not like you can just withdraw it from the bank. Right. Account, right? But even if you did, um, it's your money. She's not entitled exactly. to it. But she feels that she's entitled. The world and her children owe her. And I have six siblings and she would get all of us against each other. You know, she'd play us against each other. Mm. And um, when she told me that, nobody wanted me here I I because I mean you figure you know if your own mother doesn't want you here who would right I understand and um and so I did I committed suicide and I died um when the paramedics arrived I was dead and my husband it you know it's it it was something that I've learned now that I'm okay with I forgive myself it's taken a very long time and and I'm still healing from other aspects of it Mm -hmm. but I I know now that I just was in a very broken state and, and that's probably not even the right word I should use, (laughs) but um, it's the only word I know right now. Right. It fits. And everybody talks about how, you know, when they've died, they have this after body experience. I didn't have any of that. There was just nothing. And when they brought me back, I was in there for a couple of days, you know, and when one of my sisters called and she was staying with my mom, she called to see how I was doing. And, you know, I asked her what, you know, what my mom thought, like, I mean, did she yeah. even care what she said? And, um, she told me not to worry about that right now. She just wanted to make sure that I was okay. And apparently when my sister called and was checking on me, my mother had called my husband and she thought I was dead. She was calling to claim right of survivorship, which, wow. uh, <laughs> yeah, um, which it doesn't work that way, but I mean, but just even be. before confirmation, uh-huh. even yeah. before a funeral has been planned. Wow. Yeah. That is very unfortunate. So, so my sorry. husband said, well, she's not dead. And she threw the phone. My sister, like I said, she was on the other phone with me and, and, um, and 
So my sister picked up that phone and was telling my husband, I'm so sorry, you know, and it still just didn't dawn on me that, you know, my mother actually told me those words that like, she just really didn't want me here. Yeah. And, um, you know, I kept calling and apologizing to her, you know, mom, I'm sorry. I don't know what I did. I don't know what I did wrong. You know, why, why do you hate me? Why don't you love me? And oh. at that time I had two children of my own and oh, they were very kids? little, okay. they were, um, I don't know, maybe eight months and three, they oh, were, they were little still. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was so focused on why my own mother didn't love me that I wasn't capable of understanding the fact that I had two little girls who did love me. You yeah. know, they needed me. When a parent says that kind of stuff, it really hits differently. It does. It does. And, um, you know, I was released home to be watched and everything else. And then um, about two weeks later, my mom wouldn't talk to me. She just kept telling my sister to tell me that I was worthless. And my sister wouldn't tell me that, but my mom would say it in the background, mm-hmm. you know, and that um, <clears throat> I wasn't planning on getting emotional. <laughs> oh, it's fine. Um, uh, I mean, we're, you know, she, let it out. she just would tell me that, you know, that I was worthless and that I wasn't doing anyone any favors by coming back to life. And, um, and so I, I, committed suicide again and I was successful again uh this time my husband my husband was so angry with me he held me up he says by one arm and he slapped me and he says wake up he says you're not dying yet you know and I guess I took a deep breath and came back uh at that time they had wanted to admit me into a a, you know a psych ward and and I just I told him you know it's not going to do me any good you're not going to help me because yeah. people that go in there, they don't actually get the help, right? They come out just as messed up as they were. They're just giving pills to make them think that they're better. But at that point is when I realized that my mother was not going to change. And that if I continue to try to get answers from her, if I continue to try to, you know, keep a relationship with her, it was going to hurt me and my family. And uh, my husband's been through it with me through all of this. He's, you know, he's always been there. He's always been supportive. He's always telling me, you know, that God has something better for me. He had something planned better. Yeah. And um, I needed to have faith. And I, I lost that faith for a while because, well, just because of the whole idea that, you know, your own mother doesn't love you. Um, yeah. And I- maybe she does on some kind of weird level. I don't know. But at this point, you know, I don't care. Yeah. I just, I feel sorry for her. Well, what happened to her in her life that she feels that she needs to tell you that? And is it just you or is she? No, no, no. That's with your siblings. Um, So I know that she was not the nicest to my siblings. I'm the youngest of seven. Uh, By the time that I was born, you know, there was two kids left in the house. So everybody else had left. And she was very, very mean to them. I don't think that she really ever wanted to be a mother. And I know that my, my abuela was not good to her. My abuela had uh, my mother and she had two, two boys and I believe they're both deceased. Um, But my abuela, she left my mother in an orphanage so that she could go off and live her life, you know, and then my mom moved with my grandfather to San Francisco when she was 12 and was once again, put into an orphanage. So nobody really ever wanted her. It seems you know, like no one ever wanted anyone. 
Yeah. It's a chain reaction. It's a chain. Yeah. And so with whatever she went through, she clearly, um, she did not have the tools to, to fix it, to fix any of it, to be better, Mm -hmm. you know, and she joined a religion that's a very closed minded religion. And I grew up that way. So you don't talk about anything, right? Right. And um, you don't tell anybody anything. You just keep your mouth shut. Men run it, you know, when shuts up and is on the side kind of thing. And each religion is to its own. Each person has this to its own. Mm -hmm. Um, But it didn't help because there was nobody that I could go to. Right. So you didn't have a network of people that you can trust that you could sit with and say, hey, this is what I'm going through with my mom. Or even when you were going through your own mental health issues, you didn't have that either? No. No, I had my husband. He was there and he was supportive. Um, Unfortunately, when I married him, my mother did not want me to marry him. Because even though my mother is Hispanic, she's racist. So, (laughs) yeah. So, um, because I married a Hispanic as well, uh, she did not want me to marry him. So she was racist against her own kind? Correct. Yes. Yeah. She would tell everybody, we're not Hispanic, we're white. Okay. Yeah. Um, So she she clearly has, yeah, she's got a lot of, a lot of issues. And, you know, she passed a lot of those issues on to my siblings and myself. And um, if it wasn't for my husband, I wouldn't be here for one. If it wasn't for my husband, um, I would not be who I am today. He has helped me through this whole path, through this whole journey. And my mother uh, kept telling me that he was the devil and that he was just this horrible man. And I had a lot of narcissistic tendencies. And so even now, like I I always keep watch on everything that I do because I always think, okay, is that, is that narcissistic? Is it a tendency? Is it, am I still good? Like I always have to keep myself, I'm always on guard. Yeah. Because I don't ever want to be like that again. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, and I understand. <laughs> I understand from my own relationship with my own mother. I, I stand completely um, how you can feel like you need to check yourself and make sure that you're not distributing or displaying those qualities that your mother has. Because now you have girls. So you don't want to display those things because you don't want to put your daughters through what you've been through. Correct. How do you hold that all together? Like, how did your husband help you? What steps did he take in order to help you on your healing journey from all this? So I tell him everything. And sometimes it's not always easy because sometimes I think, you know, is he going to judge me? Is he going to this? Is he going to, you know, think badly of me? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, what if it hurts his feelings? But you have to have at least one person in your life that you can tell everything to. Because if you don't, the longer you keep it in, the, the more it bottles up and then you explode. Yeah. And by nature, I'm an introverted person, but I do have extroverted tendencies. Okay. And um, so I tend to hold things in. And when I do, I end up exploding. And my husband's like, okay, hold on just a second. Is this really what you're mad about? Or is it this that you're mad about? Mm. And he knows how to read me like a book. <laughs> so it seems like he has the patience of a saint too. Most of the time he does, um, you know, he's, he's got his own issues as well that he has gone through. And the reason he's able to help me so much is because he had a, a friend in high school whose mother was getting her master's in psychology. 
Okay. And my husband's IQ is 178. And so in order to fix himself, uh, he read all of her books mm. and he self assessed and applied them to himself because much like me, he didn't really have anybody he could talk to. Right. So he knew that something was not right with himself. And so correct. he stepped out on his own and went on his own journey of healing. Correct. That's really good because men yeah. really don't do so, that. They don't. They don't. And he is definitely unique and one of a kind. And he's, well, he's my hero. And he's helped me th so much through this journey. Um, you know, realizing who I am and who I don't want to be and who I've been and, you know, just the whole process. Um, because as a kid, I was actually um, empathic very, very empathic. I used to get told I was overly sensitive. Yeah. I used to get told I was a goody two-shoe. And, um, you know, the more emotions that I showed, the angrier my mother would get. Very interesting. You have some it, Gemini tendencies. <laughs> <laughs> so about, I don't know, probably 11 or 12, I kind of just tried shutting everything off. And that's where a lot of the wanting to gain my mother's approval started taking its effect without my even knowing it. Now, have you and, found out why you wanted to gain your mother's approval or you just wanted her to love you? Um, I wanted her to love me. And I thought that gaining her approval on, you know, everything would get me to do that. But at the same time, I just, how do I explain it? I fought her a lot because I really wanted to be me. Mm-hmm but I wanted her approval. I wanted her love and being me. I knew that that wasn't an option. Hmm. And, um, you know, now I'm very, very proud of myself for the achievements that I have made just this year alone. Um, it's been definitely eye opening and very much a healing process because when you've taken your life, and you've been successful and you don't have any of those outer body experiences, you know, Yeah. Uh, it makes you think. Yeah. And you tried twice. Did you take the same path both times? No, I took a different path both times. So that means that you're not meant for that. No. It's not your time yet. You still have to fulfill your purpose. Correct. So do you think that your husband has any resentment towards you for trying to do that? He doesn't. Have you he guys doesn't. talked about it with somebody to like help you so, guys through it? Um, we didn't talk with a third party through that because my husband knew what was behind it. He okay. knew why I did it. He understood the entire process of it. Mm -hmm. And he's actually the one who has encouraged me to forgive her and to accept the fact that she, you know, knows only to her capacity. Like she did what she could with what she had. And what right. she knows. Yeah. And it seems like she didn't have much either because your grandmother seems she like she didn't have it either. So that could have gone from a long line of, of people. Correct. Correct. Um, it's one of those generational chains that doesn't get broken yeah. until somebody finally sees it and breaks that chain. So you think your husband has helped you to see it so you can be the one to break it? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. How old are your girls now? Um. So now they're 18 and 16. Okay. You've had some time in between. Yeah. How long was your journey like between, you know, the second attempt to now? Um, it's been a very long journey because even up till, I don't know, maybe 
five, six years ago, mm-hmm. I still was constantly asking myself, you know, why wasn't I ever good enough? What was so wrong with me that she couldn't love me? And yeah. um, somewhere, I don't know, somewhere over the last 10 years or so, I found out uh, my sister, the one that had called to check on me while right. I was in the hospital, yes. when her and her husband were still married, uh, I found out that they had offered to adopt me when I was little. And my mom was all for it until she found out that they would be getting the social security from my dad. Uh, and not her. Correct. Yeah. And at that point she changed her mind. So, you know, having me was essentially just a paycheck for her. And I'm so sorry. You know, I believe that we all are here for an experience of some kind. And I mean, that's, you know, that's what the Bible says. Right. Yeah. And I believe that my experience here is to, to learn this part, you yeah. know, to, to find the grace and give myself grace and help others to find theirs as well. Have you given yourself grace? I have given myself grace for that. I've given myself grace for uh, a lot of things along the way. I have made countless mistakes and I've given myself grace for a lot of them. I'm still working through some things. Mm-hmm. But committing suicide, my mother, all of that, I've given myself grace for. Now, your daughters were pretty young when you started. So essentially, you didn't have to tell them. Did you tell them as you got older? Yeah, they know. How did they receive that? Um, They cried because the thought of me not being here with them right now, you know, or the present time when I told them, you know, it hurt. And they understand that I just was looking for my mother to love me. Yeah. And they understand that I was very broken. And, you know, when they were little, I used to tell them that I was sick. Mm-hmm. I couldn't explain anything else. And um, now they, they understand that, you know, and my 16 year old tells me all the time. She's like, mom, that was a long time ago. You're not doing that anymore. And you'll never do that again. So we don't even need to talk about it out of the mouths like, of babes. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> my children really are incredible kids and I don't hide a whole lot from them um, because I want them to learn from my mistakes. I don't want them to be who, who I was. Right. And you want them to see mm-hmm. you as human too, because mm-hmm. sometimes we don't see our parents as humans. We just see them as disciplinarians, as caregivers. We don't see them as people. You're just mom. You know, but they need to see you as Shantae. Yes. That's really important. So in going through the tumultuous time with your mother, how has that, you know, experience shaped you as a mother? Like, for instance, my mom has called me a whore. She's told me I'm a horrible mother. She's told me that I'm a bad influence on my children, you know, and that made me first of all, embrace my children even more, but I was so much more intentional about what I taught them and how I showed my love to them because of what she was saying, which was not true. How did that work out for you? Um, obviously the, you know, at the beginning, um, I was never like her, you know, uh, from the start, I loved holding my babies. I breastfed every single one of my kids. I'm telling you all five. So I've either been pregnant or breastfeeding for 17 years <laughs> <laughs> and um, quite the journey. <laughs> she never breastfed. 
she actually thought it was kind of gross. So she probably and, never um, had that first connection. No, no. And uh, so I breastfed all of my kids. And when she was out of my head, I was a really good mother. Mm. It's when I started listening to her and allowing that toxicity in my ears that I started faltering. And, you know, she used to always tell me that, you know, they're all just going to leave me. They don't love me. They're going to leave me one day and they're not even going to care. And I know now that she was projecting that. Yeah. Because of what she went through and what she was doing, continuing that cycle. Yeah. Um, she was probably told that very same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't doubt it. And, you know, I tell my kids all the time, you don't ever have to leave home. I don't care how old you are. You you never have to leave. You can stay here forever. I want you to stay forever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm like... Uh, you have until you're 21. I'll give you till you're 21 <laughs> to figure things out. <laughs> I just, but, um, you know, we only live once. Yeah. And I love my kids more than anything. So one of the things that I do is I do mirror therapy. I do it for myself. I do it early in the morning before anybody's awake. And it's one of the things that got me to accept the responsibility and be accountable for the actions that I have done. Okay. So explain how that works. So with mirror therapy, you put yourself in front of a mirror and you look yourself directly in the eyes. And as an example, you know, one of the things that I used to say is you did this to you. You're accountable for your actions. No one did this to you, but you. So I became accountable for what I did because if you blame somebody else, you'll never heal from it. Yeah. You can't be the victim. Yeah. As long as you're the victim, you're always going to be the victim and you're always going to be hurt, right? You're never going to heal from it. And they're and you're giving your power away. Exactly. So in order to get that power back and not be the victim anymore, I had to take responsibility for everything that I've done. And it is not easy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it is one of the hardest. And see, I'm still getting emotional about that because it's one of the hardest things anybody can ever do. Yeah, I agree. Um, and the reason that a narcissistic person stays that way is because they won't go through that process. I, I didn't want to leave the house. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to go around anybody. I, I literally just wanted to stay in a ball in a corner. Because once you start realizing that everything is your fault in your life, it changes your perspective on everything. Yeah. And at that point, you start either you start making better choices or you don't grow. Right. Yeah, it is definitely from one extreme to the next. Yeah. And, um, you know, I told my husband before, I'm like, I don't want to be that person. I want to be better. I want to be, you know, who I know I'm capable of being. And so the mirror therapy is a huge, huge thing. And so with my kids, I do it. But Obviously, I do it a little bit differently mm -hmm. um, because I know that a lot of the mistakes that I made when they were younger, you know, through my trials and my tribulations and my processes, uh, they they've been hurt, too. Right. Just because I wasn't always there to be their mom. I wasn't always putting them first in my eyes. I have really, really high expectations of what a mother should be, and I will not lower them. Mm hmm. Good for because you. my mothers were down here. Mine are up here. I'm, I'm not even close to where I want to be. And I may never get there, but as long as I keep trying to get there, 
I'll get closer every time. Yeah. And then you would keep that chain broken. You're not going to exactly the same patterns that your, your mother and your grandmother and maybe even your great grandmother, you know, yeah. follow. Well, the Bible talks about seven generations, you know, so in my mind, that's kind of where it goes. Yeah. And so I have my kids every day. Um, they have to tell me five things. Actually, they have to say it in the mirror and they have to look themselves in the eyes and they have to say five great things about themselves. Five positive things. I love it. You know, the very first one is I love me. I am beautiful or I am handsome. I am kind. I'm smart. I'm a champion. You know, uh, my five-year-old, he's so cute because he's got a little lisp and, he's, and he says, instead of saying, being able to say intelligent, he has some, you know, word uh, <laughs> he's five. Uh, letter issues. And, you know, so he'll say, I'm intelligent. <laughs> but it's so cute, cute the way he says it but he knows what it means now do you, you let know? them choose their own power i words? let them choose their their own words okay you know i ask them I okay it. what do you want to be who do you want to be what in your mind is incredible and so the only option that they don't get in is the i love me part yeah you know and then at the end of it after their five words i say okay now what i am loved i love because i it. want them to know than anything that they are loved and so they have to say that in that form before they go to school and then before they go to bed and they come tell me good night they have to give me their five words whatever five words they want mm-hmm. i love so, it because you're teaching them self-worth yes and something I acceptance yeah i really like that on your journey that you've accumulated so much knowledge about self and about how life works and you didn't let your mother's words endanger you anymore. I really love it. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. Why did you want to tell your story today? Because there are so many women out there who believe that they're nothing, believe that they don't have worth, believe that they have no value, whether it's because of a parent or a spouse or an ex-boyfriend or girlfriend or a sibling or whoever's out there, an aunt, an uncle, whatever it may be. They They feel feel like like they have no worth because they've given their power away without even realizing it. They gave it away. Yeah. And I want them to get their power back. I want them to know that God put them here for a reason. They are worth something. Everyone is worth something, but they can't expect God or anybody else to come in and do it for them. They've got to want it. They've got to take that first step. They've got to take that action. You know, it talks about how in the Bible, faith without works is dead. Yes. Faith without works is dead. You've got to have some action. You've got to put some work into it and you've got to say, God, I need help. I can't do this on my own anymore. No, I need your help. I need your guidance. And I promise you from my own experience, he will give it to you. Oh my God, you are saying the same words that I said when I found myself on my living room floor sobbing and having this conversation with God. I cannot do this by myself. And as a single parent, you tackle a lot. So I am so happy that this is where you're at in your journey. And and you're teaching your daughters valuable lessons. There's a reason why God gave you two daughters. Mm -hmm. There is a reason. 
and you know you are really setting them up for a great future because when you love yourself no one can penetrate your mind they can't because you're already strong in your core mm -hmm. you already know who you are and at this young age especially at their age that's when they have all this body image issues you know they're worrying about what other people think you know this is the perfect age for you to be planting that seed and letting it grow because now you are changing the trajectory of their lives because you're breaking that cycle so when they grow up and have babies on their own they're going to go ahead and plant that seed also so you're completely mm -hmm. changing your generation yep that's my goal and it's funny my 16 year old she suffered um a lot of ridicule at school in elementary bullying bullying yes mm. and she would come home crying all the time her fifth grade year i did the merit therapy on her and you know she would have to say i am beautiful i am kind i am perfect just the way i am i am smart i am this i'm that whatever right and now you cannot tell that girl that <laughs> she looks bad okay should i mean she will put you in your place excuse me i look good yes and as my 10 year old says you're what does he tell her uh he says gosh you're uh what's the word um not vain no it's a, it's a simpler word than that but something like that right because i can't think right now uh but she says no honey it's just called confidence <laughs> and so the mirror therapy very much works I like it. What other steps did you take besides the mirror therapy to get you back on track? Um, so mirror therapy is one of them. The other thing is going through a lot of those processes with my husband, um, explaining some of the traumas that I went through to him. And he would work with me through each one and get me to see how. So when you're a little kid, you know, it's not your fault. You don't have that choice, right? When you're little. Right. And he got me to look at it in a different perspective and tell me that, you know, you were little, it wasn't your fault, but now that you're older, you can make sure that that never happens to any of our kids. Mm -hmm. You can make sure that that, whatever it may be, doesn't happen to somebody else's kids. You share your stories, share them, help somebody else learn from them. Give them the wisdom because wisdom is where you learn from someone else's mistakes. Okay. Smart is where you learn from your own mistakes and stupid is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. And so if I can impart that wisdom for someone else, then maybe it will save someone else from going through that. Maybe it will help somebody else heal from that. And like I said, I'm still healing from a lot of this stuff. I'm still going through that journey, but this is the part of the journey that I have healed from. Yeah. And I want my daughters to know, they already know it's okay to make mistakes because I, I tell them, you know what? I was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. Or, you know what? I was wrong. Cause I overthink things too. I'm a thinker. Yeah. <laughs> and so 
you know, I say things and I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have said it like that. Should have said it this way or I should have said that way. And then I end up, you know, apologizing. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I hope you didn't take it that way because that's not how I meant it, you know. <laughs> and you sure you're not a Gemini? Because <laughs> I I, I'm an Aquarius, uh, border cancer, not cancer, Aquarius, border something. Um, it's January 21st. So yeah, whatever that is. It's the 26th. So, okay. A, you know, Gemini's and Aquarius's are like matches. They're oh, like good, good match. <laughs> <laughs> um, my husband is a Libra. Oh boy! So, the fact that he's very strong-minded. Yeah, that's what helps. He knows who he is, and he knows my heart, and he knows what I want to be, and he saw what I was capable of long before I ever did. Mm. and he gave you yes Yes. and it's funny because my name um used to mean enchanted or to sing right now if you look it up it says grace wow so that's god for me telling that's god telling me that he's giving me grace yeah and that i need to give it to myself as well so your faith played a big role in your healing process as well as your mirror therapy. Yes. Okay. Yes. Because even though I don't go to an actual church, mm-hmm. I still very much believe in God. I believe that there's a higher power. I believe, you know, that, that we're all one source of energy. We all come from the same source. And, you know, even when you look at science, God used science and how he did things right the the turning the seed into blood right yep. there's a scientific way for it the stuff that came from the sky like everything was scientific yeah so and strategic when you look at it exactly so when you look at the big picture it's all one big thing and i believe that the bible talks to each and every one of us I don't believe that it was meant to be read and somebody else dictates to you what it says or what it in their means. version. Because we are yeah, because we are all having a life experience. We're all on a different journey and a different path. So if I read one scripture, it's gonna mean one thing to me, but it's gonna mean something else entirely to you. Yeah. And I think it's important that we read those things for us and we look at the perspective of what it can mean for us or what it doesn't mean for us or you know, um, all of the the different stories in the Bible that the amount of faith that so many of them had is what got them through. And like I said, my faith was not always there. Mm -hmm. It faltered many times. I lost faith many, many times, but my husband never did. And because he never did, that's what's always brought me back. He was strong enough to pull you out of the darkness. Yes. So if you had to say something to your younger self on that second attempt, what would you say to her? Oh, gosh, there's so many things I would love to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I would probably tell myself that I need to love me. I don't need my mother's love. I don't need anybody else's love. I just need to learn to love me mm-hmm. because if I had loved me back then not only would I have not committed suicide but my entire course would have been completely different yeah yeah I love that I think 
that's probably one of the biggest problems that we have with so many people today is that they don't love themselves at all. It's true. They, and hurt people hurt people. Exactly. And, you know, it's funny because so one of the things that I used to do a lot is I would tell stories. I would, I would play a lot of word games, twist words, right? And I see uh, my 10-year-old does that sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I tell him all the time, you need to stop playing those games because the only person you're going to hurt is you. You're not going to hurt any of us because we may not remember what you said, but you will. You'll remember every single word that you said, and you're going to know that you're not telling the truth. You're going to know that you twisted it and you're going to hurt you in the end. Yes. And he doesn't understand that. But what that does is it gets you to hate yourself to your core without you even realizing it. I never thought about it that way. It's, it's a very self-sabotaging effect. And I didn't understand that until my husband explained it to me. Wow. And so many things that we do throughout our life, you know, um, when we lie to somebody, nobody else knows we lied, right? We know. Mm -hmm. um, if you break something, if you steal something, if, if, you know, anything that you do that is wrong, just because there's not somebody else there to see it, you know. Yeah, I agree that that is, <laughs> yes, you're saying all the things you're making too much sense right now. So do you think at any time, with your faith as your guide, do you think that you would ever go back and try to speak to your mother? Maybe not build a relationship as you see in your mind a mother should be, but just to have some kind of a, a relationship with her because maybe you can teach her through you being a mother to your daughters. Maybe you can teach her how to be a mother to you. Unfortunately, no. Okay. Um she's like 80 83 or something 83 mm -hmm. years old or so um and she called my in-laws um maybe about a year ago and she asked how i was doing she never once asked about the kids she asked how i was doing and um if i was successful hmm. why would she ask that if you were successful money uh -huh. so okay. she hasn't changed and I am not going to even allow that around my children. How did your in-laws feel about your journey with your mother? Um, they support my decision. And it's very, very hard for my mother-in-law to understand it because she's got a very, very big heart. And I don't think she can even conceive what it's like for you to not love your children or to say yeah. something like that to your kids. Yeah. Um, but they're supportive of whatever I choose as far as that goes. And my father-in-law had a very rough life growing up. So he understands it to an extent. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, it is what it is. Yeah. Where are you at now on your healing journey? You said you're not where you want to be as a mother, but if you had to grade yourself from prior to, to now, where would you place yourself? Or even on a oh, scale definitely. of one to 10? From, from where I was before, I'm definitely a 10. <laughs> Okay. That's, well, that's, that's good. Far better. That's but, good. you know, where I want to be is 100. So I'm not even close. Oh, a 10 is small on a scale of 100. Correct. I actually think you're probably further and along than you, you think you are because you have this 
you have this wisdom now and you have this piece. I'm looking at you and you look like an angel. You have this piece about <laughs> you. You know, you understand yourself. You understand why you did the things that you did. So I wouldn't even put you at a 10. I would probably put you at an 80 just from our conversation because you've come a long way. You know, you've come a very long way. You are teaching your girls how to not go down your path, how to not be on your journey. You're planting yes. seeds. And then with sharing your story here today, you're also encouraging other women. So give yourself some grace. Don't, don't put yourself further down the list than you need to be. You know, we're not where we want to be, but we're definitely not where we used to be. Correct. And I yes. always subscribe to that because I'm like, baby. You didn't want to know me about 20, 30 years ago. <laughs> Correct. You know, it's funny. You always hear like um, older people, you always tell them or they, you know, they'll always tell you, oh, I don't ever want to go back to my 20s, you know, and you're like, why not? Now I know why. Because um, you make probably the most of your mistakes in your 20s. Yeah. Especially you know? if you didn't have people pouring into you. You go Correct. out there, it's like you're just out there in the wind and you're just making all these random mistakes because you don't know any better. And unfortunately, you don't know until you know. Yes. So, yes. And, you know, my husband, well, my husband told me, he, he warned me that a lot of the things I was doing would lead me down the path that it did. And I didn't listen because, you know, it was my husband and I didn't want to listen to anything he had to say because I'm like, oh, well, whatever, you know, you just think, you know, it all, but he really did. <laughs> um, I, I will, I joke with him. I'm like, oh, I'm never going to tell you, you know, everything, but he, he's, he is one of the wisest people that I know. And then I'm not saying that just because he's my husband or because he's my hero, but he has changed people's lives, not just mine, mm -hmm. but there are people who has changed 360 degrees wow for the better that's amazing and I love it yeah so he's he's one of a kind like I said well he could very well be my husband's twin <laughs> I have had just this week a couple of listen to your husband moments and I'm like oh <laughs> he was right but I'm not gonna tell him that but you know I find myself <laughs> you know I told him the other day I was like you know what you make it so hard for me to be mad at you. <laughs> yes. But these yes. wise husband mm -hmm. moments. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. I've been there. Yeah, well, here's what, here's my thing now though. I tell him, you know what? Just wait. When you're wrong, I'm gonna mark it on the calendar. <laughs> exactly. Cause we're going to worship that day. <laughs> Remember remind this you. day. <laughs> well, before we close, Shante, what advice or tips would you give to women struggling with their mental health? or with their relationships with their mothers? So first of all, I would tell anybody that's, you know, struggling with their relationship with their mother, that if they can't talk it out, they can't work it out with their mother, they need to let it go. Because sometimes just because they're blood doesn't always mean that they need to be active in our life. Exactly. Doesn't mean you have to hate them. It doesn't mean that you constantly have to beg for them, for their attention. Just back away. Learn who you are. Learn to love yourself. Think about all of the good qualities that you do have, because no matter how many bad things we have, we do have some good things about ourselves. Yeah. We need to focus on those things and then it'll start growing out. But if they have to just walk away, 
Walk away from anybody who is not serving who you want to be. Because if they're not there to support you now, what makes you think that they're going to support you in the right way when you're better? Exactly. If they can't be there with you in the darkness, they definitely can't be with you in the light. And you have exactly. a right, a divine right to not allow toxic people in your life. And like you said, blood or not, you have yep. a right to cut them out for your own sanity and sense of peace. Yes. Yes. And I would highly encourage, I don't necessarily believe in therapists. Um, I do have a counselor mm -hmm. uh, because my husband was, uh, he served two years in prison recently for a crime that his sister did. And we're hmm. still fighting that right now. Okay. Uh, but during that time, I was very, very lost without him. And so I picked up one of my very old habits, which was drinking. And so I do have a counselor that I speak with on a weekly basis. I haven't had an ounce of alcohol in 382 days. Look at God. I love it. And Congratulations. Thank you. And, um, you know, I, like I said, I'm still healing from lots of different things, you know, um, but you have to find somebody that you can trust. Mm -hmm. that you feel like you can open up to. And sometimes it's not always the person next to you because sometimes it's hard to talk about things. Um, maybe they might get a little bit too flustered. Maybe they can't hear it all out or maybe they might get too emotionally involved and, you know, then you feel worse. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And so sometimes we have to find that person that we can talk to, you know, Mm -hmm. because you do have to let it out you can't hold it in but find somebody that you can truly truly trust that will just listen you just need them to listen because sometimes even when we hear things come out of our own mouth we hear them and then our subconscious hears it too yeah and you know sometimes like i said stepping away from those toxic people blood or not and learning to find a way to love yourself because how can you expect somebody else to love you if you don't love you? Exactly. How can you expect to give somebody else 100% of you if you don't love you and you're not giving yourself 100%? Exactly. And give yourself grace because the same way, Absolutely. the same way you have to teach people how to treat you, you have to teach yourself how to treat yourself. Yep. You have to, you have to mirror yourself. Like you said, <laughs> yes. Date yourself, you know, be comfortable in your own skin. And there's, there's a big difference. Um, one of the things that I struggled with for a little while, there is a big difference between loving yourself and being selfish. Yeah. You've got to find what that difference is for you. Yeah. One, it seems to be a need and the other one is a want. Correct. I think I separate my life like that. That's a good Maybe. thing though. But yeah, I, you know, I just, I want to encourage anybody out there that needs help. Well, I think you've done a great job of doing that with just reaching out and us sitting down to really have this discussion today. Um, when you told me what your story was, I was like, wow. But it's only when you told me that you had two attempts. I was like, wow. And, and it hits me because um, I have someone that's very close to me that has had an attempt. And the same way you were tearing up, I was crying on the inside. You know, because I told them you survived it and now look at where your life is. Had you been successful, 
you would not have been able to see all these wonderful things that are happening now. And so it's very personal to me. So I appreciate you trusting me with your story. Well, it's taken me a while to talk about it. Mm -hmm. In fact, this year is the first year I've talked about it openly. Okay. And, you know, I, I think also one of the biggest factors is whether you believe in God, whether you believe in a higher energy, whether you believe in science, whatever it is that you believe in, keep your faith in whatever it may be. Ask for help because when you are down, he will help you. I agree. Ask for help. That is one thing that a lot of people don't know how to do. They don't don't know how to ask for help. And even when you offer and they need it, they still don't know how to accept the help. Correct. Well, I really appreciate our time today. And I really love um, that you were able to share your story, you know, and whether you broke down or not, this is your truth. This is your moment. And uh, I think a lot of people would be able to relate because a lot of people are coming out of the woodwork with what's been going on with them. And the whole point of this is to get a collaboration of all these women that have been going through those things so that our sisterhood would know that they're not alone. There's other people yes. out here. Don't mind she's wearing a Gucci suit and she's all decked out to the nines and she's looking like a the boss chick. You know, we have all been through struggle. You cannot tell what somebody has been through just by looking at them. Because if I were to say that you have been through something, you're so beautiful. I would never think that you have been through the things that you just told me about, you know, and so, oh, you are absolutely gorgeous. And so, you know, I'm just really happy that you have tapped into your strength and you were able to share with us. Absolutely. Anytime. And if anybody ever needs anything else, they can feel free to reach out to me. Where can they find you on your social handles? Uh, So for my Instagram, it's Shantae underscore Realty. And then uh, Facebook is, I think it's just my name. Or maybe it's Sergio and Shantae. Uh, I still, because my husband and I used to have a joint account. Um, Now I just use it. So, okay. But yeah, I'm I'm out there. Okay. Well, well, wonderful. Yeah. Well, if anybody needs to reach out to you, even um, to maybe book a speaking engagement, you never know what can come of sharing, you know, Um, maybe some young girl might see it and she might have a friend that has been going through some things, or maybe she might be going through some things and she might reach out to you, you know? And um, so I thank you so much for sharing. And I thank you again for our time today. And we will talk another time. Wonderful. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Peace and blessings. Thank you for supporting this episode. I hope you've been inspired and motivated so you can elevate your life. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe so you're kept in a loop when a new one drops. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcasting platform. I want to engage with you, so let me know what you think by giving the episode a rating, writing a review, or leaving a voice message, and I can share them in an upcoming episode. Now remember to also share this with your tribe. Until next time, remember, overcoming adversity not only teaches us a lot about ourselves, others, and life, but also gives us the opportunity to be reminded of our own power and strength. So don't be afraid to share your story. And when you're ready to do so, email saveoursisters2020 at gmail.com.